Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Owning Your Legacy. Today, our topic is kicking down doors. I had the honor of having this conversation with Michelle Fight. Michelle has definitely kicked down a lot of doors in her career. Michelle is the Chief Commercial Officer at Motif Ingredients. She's passionate around business performance, problem solving, and industry leadership. She serves as a board member of Global Child Nutrition Foundation. She's on the advisory committee of Council on Competitiveness and a VIP member of Worldwide Who's Who for Excellence in Marketing and Management. After our conversation, you're going to hear from Anne-Marie Butler. She's Edlong's Global Director of Strategic Territories. Unlike Michelle, Anne-Marie didn't have any women mentor coaches. She describes in her lovely Irish accent how these experiences made her stronger. I really hope you enjoy this episode, and anyone that wants to kick some doors open will learn some valuable advice. Thanks for listening. Bless you for being with me. Thank you so much for being here. No, I'm so excited. How fun is this? This is so fun. You're going to have to start your own, Michelle. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's doing it. So uh, welcome, Michelle Fight, to our series on owning your legacy. So happy to have you here, Michelle. And the topic we're going to be talking about today is kicking doors open and how awesome. we, I know, right? Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear um, your story to start with. So give us a little bit of your background and how you got to be such a awesome, and with the name Michelle Fight, like, is that a stage name or is it truly? <laughs> it fits perfectly with this topic, right? Yes, but I am a fighter uh-huh. because, you know, being a woman in business, you got to have perseverance and you got to have a little fight in you in order to, as you, Lorette, know, in order for us to, um, in order for us to get to the positions we're in, you got to have that resiliency and a little bit of fight in you, don't you? Exactly. Exactly. So how did you get where you are? So tell me about your background because I don't really know. I know you very well, but I don't know your story very well. So, you know, I've been around um, for a long time in in the industry, and I started out as a marketer. That's my training as a marketer. And for the first part of my career, I spent time in an advertising agency because that's how I got my training at University of Oklahoma. Um, And by the way, I was at the Texas OU game on Saturday in Dallas where my um, boomer Sooners um, kicked a little butt on those Longhorns. So well done. <laughs> so I just had a little give a PR there for my alma mater. Um, but I spent the first part of my career in advertising before one of my clients, Nestle, hired me. So I made the move into brand management and product marketing and got my um, got my training in how to run a business as a brand manager in the candy division for Nestle. Wow. And that's where I just got a love for running a business and understanding finances and operations and product development and marketing and how you put a business together and how you grow and develop and operationalize a business. And I've also worked at Ralston Purina and had a number of years on the consumer packaged goods side. Mm -hmm. And about 15 years ago, I made the switch to business to business when I went to a company called Soleil, uh, the old soy proteins business, um, heavy in science. And I learned about developing great products and technology to make our food taste better, functionalize better. Um, And there I was running the businesses for Soleil. Um, We were acquired by DuPont and became DuPont Nutrition and Health. And I ended up running, I ended up running that whole division of DuPont Nutrition and Health for the DuPont company. 
Wow. So that's like the big extent. And that was a $3.7 billion global business. So I've run big multinational global businesses where I've overseen operations, plants, and all over the world, sales forces located in um, multiple countries, R&D, also mm-hmm. with labs located in multiple countries, marketing, product management, and communications. So I've had my fingers in a lot of things. Um, so recently, uh, as you know, Lorette, mm-hmm. I made a change a couple of years ago, and I made a jump into the startup world. And I'm with Motif Foodworks, and we're a food technology company that's working on changing the taste and texture and nutrition of plant-based foods. Because we believe that plant-based foods is a game changer in the food industry. And and we're right there with you at Edlong. I'm like, I know. We're both (laughs) so excited about this. And we are just, we started as a company in early 2019. And we have a couple of technology platforms that we're working on and launching, as I was mentioning earlier, launching our first products um, at the end of this year and early 2022, working with big multinational companies and startups that are in the plant-based food industry to help make their food better for consumers so we can have more consumers enjoy um, plant-based, plant-based foods. So you're kicking open doors in terms of plant-based as well. So Exactly. Tell me about a time when... And I think I can think of one I could even give you an idea of. But when you were the only woman sitting around the table, how did that? Oh, well, was that? <laughs> that has been so it's interesting. When I was really young, there were a lot of women sitting around with me. But you probably I was curious about that. So when you were young, who like inspired you? You know, it sounds like you probably had some women in, you know, when you were growing up that said you can be whatever you want to be. So tell us a little bit about that too. Two questions. Yeah. There. So <laughs> actually, I know, actually my dad was the one who inspired me. Nice. So my dad always had great big corporate, corporate jobs. He was the, um, before he retired, he was the CFO of a huge insurance company. And my dad was the one who always inspired me because I loved his drive, uh, the way he thought about things and his, he was quite assertive and held himself as a person of authority wherever we went, in our family, in the community, in our church, um, in his philanthropic endeavors. And I, he was somebody I just looked up to, and I was so impressed with that. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be that kind of person. Also- And you are. <laughs> <laughs> also, I had a mother who was a homemaker, Mm-hmm. And my mother would always speak to me in a way, don't ever allow yourself to be owned by anyone Ooh. and never put yourself in a position where you can't take care of yourself. But it was kind of a whisper in the side uh-huh. to my sister and I. And My I mom did al- the same thing. And did then she do the, sh- oh exactly God. the same thing? And I think it was that era where they felt so owned, right? I exactly. Mean, uh, can you imagine that, Michelle? We would die. <laughs> I would die. And I, not that my mother had a bad relationship with my father, but she didn't feel she had options. Right. Same with mine. And then she went back to school and ended up trailblazing that. And I was the youngest of seven. So she was like, I'm done with this. I'm going back to school. And she became a Jungian analyst and did that for until she was 82. She's 87 now. But Isn't that amazing? Quite an amazing woman. But it, so And Free amazing. to Be You and Me. Did you ever listen to Free to Be You and Me? That's one of my... Yes. Yes. My mom would play that. Like, the, and remember the part with the babies and they're bald and they can't figure out who the boy is and who the girl is. And he's like, oh, I want to be a nurse. I must be the girl. And I, 
I still remember that. And it was hugely influential. It's like, you can be the doctor. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think, so you and I share a similar experience where our parents influenced us. My dad was indirect and my mother was direct Mm -hmm. in how she drove me. And I wanted freedom. I wanted to rule my own path. So I don't know if I was born that way or I was just watching so much of what was going on in my own household. Mm -hmm. And I was so lucky with my first job out of college. I worked for a woman. Her name is Lee Slayton. Mm -hmm. And she ended up um, being the chief marketing officer for the container store. That was her um, pinnacle of success. But at the time, she and I both worked at an advertising agency in Dallas, Texas, Tracy Locke. And she was my first manager. And she took me under her wing. And I loved that I was working for a woman. Mm-hmm. And she mentored, like she coached me on how to dress because I came from a sorority. And so I looked like a prep queen when I walked into that first job with my little brief, my, you know, hardback briefcase. Oh, that's and hysterical. My, oh, and I had a little bow tie, you know, <laughs> with my suit so jacket. Funny. And Lee was like, girl. Girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My so. first job was at Ball Corporation, and I was in consumer affairs in the Ball Blue Book. It was my job to create recipes for the Ball Blue Book, canning. I'm a horrible canner. And, and they, t- they told me to come as if I was going to church, dressed like you're going to church. And all day, so you got oh heels, God. nylons, an apron, and I'm making pickles. Tomatoes, salsa, and I'm like, this is horrible. I mean, so nice now. You have, you know, people come to work now with, you know, jeans and gym shoes, and you can, oh, like, that was Lorette, crazy. At that time, at that time, so that was in the late 80s mm-hmm. and early 90s, pantyhose, oh. three-inch three heels, yep. pencil pencil skirts. Yeah. <laughs> so uncomfortable. And, that's what, ran, it was, and yeah. that's what we ran through the airports in. Yes. Oh, no, I used to do, I would I would always have my extra clothes and run into the bathroom and do the, you know, Wonder Woman thing and change. <laughs> I cannot travel in a pencil skirt. <laughs> that's terrific. That's terrific. Well, I would tell you, so Lee was my, Lee Slayton was my very first mentor and coach. How to dress. And how to handle myself. So I think we're running out of time, but I have maybe two more, one more question for sure. But how would you, or what advice, back to Lee, what advice would you give young women coming up the ranks now as far as kicking doors open? What would you say to them? There's a couple of things that I would would share. One is to always do work on yourself to understand what your values are and what you want. I get asked a lot of questions about how do you balance things, even when I was raising my children. And I was like, ah, there's no such thing as balance. Nope. It's all about choices. And so if you understand your Mm. values, and values change your desires and um, and your needs and your wants, and even some of your values change over time. And so I think it's important that you constantly do that assessment. What matters to you? So that you, so that you, are making choices that are appropriate for you. Mm-hmm. And, and then, fit in your purpose too, you know? I, mean, I, I, I think that's, that's so beautiful, your important. purpose. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. And so, because like when children came into my life, my value shifted mm-hmm. and I started making choices that were a bit more driven around yes. my children. And my career, so this then goes to, 
how do I, how do I, how do I define myself in the company or role or business I'm in? Mm-hmm. And I started because my values shifted when I had children. So I was a huge risk taker when I was young. I didn't care if I pissed people off because I was like, and I also was willing <laughs> to take a big gambles on some roles. And, and most of the time it worked for me. But once I started raising children yeah. and things like, I got to get ready for their college. I can't be moving from city to city because it impacts them. Yeah. I, I, I still wanted success in my career, but I thought about who I was and the impact that was having. And I took a more corporate route. I played more of the game internally. I fit in differently because mm-hmm. the impact was so, so much bigger than just me. And that's what went back to what were my values and what mattered to me. And now that I'm older and my kids are out, I'm like, I can do know, anything I jumped, now. Freedom. I jumped into the startup and I'm like, all right, I like, you know, yeah. and, I've got, and I've got some money. And so I don't care. It's like, it's just, it's very different for me. And it's passion so, and it keeps you young. You know, mm-hmm. I think it really keeps you, your brain active. And you said this is the hardest exactly. you've worked ever. So I think that's, yes. that's kind of awesome. How many kids yes. do you have? Remind me. Two, two. two I so one is twenty. She, the girl's twenty six, and the boy's twenty three. Nice. Yeah. Five boys over here, and I tell you what, girl, <laughs> a, I'm a long way from empty nester. It feels my youngest is thirteen, but but it's going fast. All of a sudden this year, so he's eighth grade, and and then I have a freshman in um, high school too. Those guys are still at home, but it seems like right when they hit high school, doesn't it like go fast? Like they're never it home. Does. They're never it home. Flies. So it flies. I'm now I'm, you know, that circle game song. I'm trying to slow it down now. <laughs> it flies. I understand. I understand. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. It was awesome to thank have you. you. I really appreciate it. And I want to see you in person. I miss you. <laughs> I know. I cannot wait to see you in Chicago soon. And tell, I loved our and time tell John I said hello. I will. And that, will. that'd be fun. We'll all have to get together. Hi, Anne-Marie. Welcome hello. to this podcast. And thank you for joining me. And owning your legacy. My pleasure. So I just kind of wanted to hear a little bit about what what your main takeaways were from the conversation with Michelle Fight and kicking doors down, kicking doors open. Do you know what really resonated with me is, and we're probably at different stages of our careers. I'm midway through mine, and I know she has grown up kids, and she talked about her early career, but it made me realize that we all go through the same thing. It might be different times. It might be different eras or like decades, but it's it's the same challenges all the time. Yeah. And because even what she was saying about being the only person in the ro- only woman in the room to not being the only wo- woman in the room, but being surrounded by women and how it can be so different. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was kind of not the same in my experience was I didn't have a woman over me that was coaching me. I kind of had that I, I, a negative influence is the way I put it. Mm-hmm. Something that gives you an idea of how not to be as opposed <laughs> to how to be, which is just as useful if I'm honest. You I can't truly, truly is. I believe that so much. I had a, a kind of a tough boss when I was at Ball, my first job too. And, and you do learn what, when I am at that level, what I don't want to do. So the, the, that was a big takeaway for me. Um, but her career journey has been so interesting and so diverse. And you guys have a crossover. She didn't talk about Carrie too much. I thought she would have a little more, but 
different carry locations, but... It's funny because I do feel like there's a lot that isn't always positive around. I've always taken away positive from all my experiences. I can't... Even the the bad things that happen, you learn so much from And without them, you're not the person you are now if you haven't gone through those. Right. And... God, I like I. That's where you learn the most, right? I mean, I feel like those crucible moments are what I go back to as far as you know what you tap into and where you learned, and you say, "Okay, I've done this before. I'm gonna, you know, I know how to do this." And if I can survive that, I can definitely survive this. This is (laughs) a patch. So that's kind of it. Gives you a great standing for where you want to go, and also a a good outlook on on how to deal with things. Right. because work isn't that different from life. No. Everything that you do in it, you carry with you into both. And there's no keeping it. Di- you can't have be one person at home and one person at work. I, I personally don't believe that. Anyhow, if you're trying to maintain that, you're going to have an nervous breakdown. Right. Absolutely. There's going to have to be an overlap. That's going to be one of our other topics on um, a podcast coming up in the future is about... Oh, I, you, topic, I know. So. You, that's a good one about bringing your whole self to work. I mean, I think that's, you know, part of this owning your legacy, like what's the legacy I want to leave is, is really creating a company where you can do that, you know, and it's, it's not easy. It's easy to talk about it, but to really, really, really be vulnerable, all that good Brene Brown stuff um, and let people do that. Well, like, it's funny and I, I don't mean to be gushy or anything, but I will say that one of the reasons when I joined Edlong was you. Aww. You're going to um, make, don't make me cry. I got... Oh, God, no, it's too early in the day for crying already. It's no, way too early. But I suppose the reason is that like that, I did come from a very male-dominated right. piece of the business into something where it was like, oh my God, there's this woman who owns a company mm-hmm. and I'm meeting so many women within the business. Mm-hmm. And it's not even, it wasn't even as women heavy as it is now. So yeah. I was still really impressed. Then. And we don't even do and, that on purpose. It kind of just happens organically, which I love. I love that. Yeah. And, and it's it so happened. true. Your your experience at Carrie, and I had a ton of experience with Carrie and the Irishman, and my dad threw me into that really young. Thank God. I learned a ton from those men. I absolutely learned yeah. a ton from them. But that was an experience. You had to stand up, Are you, or they would have you for lunch. So it was, yeah. That was the, the ultimate. And like, like you, I got so much experience. I mm-hmm. loved my time there. It made me realize that if you want to do well in any job, know the people around you and not just the decision makers, the people with experience, the people on the floor, the people who operate the machines. Yes. If you want to build up, and and I know you've said this before because you've worked from the ground up, and we say this in Edlang, there is an art to everything we do. And part of it is getting a sense for when something is right. We do it when it comes to decisions. Because mm-hmm. if your gut tells you something's not right, you don't do it. But when it comes to actually work, science is part of it. But you have to have a gut instinct that goes, I know the book says this, but I'm thinking based right. on experience, this isn't where we're going. It's and so- the freedom to play around with that. I mean, art, you got to play around. You can't, you know, you can't just be very yeah. inflexible. And part of being able to play around is then being able to take ownership and responsibility for the goods and the bads. Yeah. Like if if it goes really bad, you want to be the person who goes, yeah, no, I made a decision there. Oh, That's yeah. my fault. <laughs> yeah. Been there but for I've learned. <laughs> yes. Well, but I've again. learned. Like yeah. fail, what is that saying? Fail fast and learn fast or whatever. I don't know. But I think that's that's the key. You definitely 
It's okay yeah. to fail. So I got one more question because I think we got to go to to the next moment. But um, tell me when I say owning your legacy, what you think about. So what do you think your what do you want your legacy to be? The minute you said that, I thought of my nieces. Um, and I think of the team that I work with. And I think of the t- like not just in, in Europe, but even in the US. For me, legacy is what you leave behind after you're not in the business anymore. It's it's the way you it's the uniqueness you've brought to a situation. Mm-hmm. And it ha- it's not that it has to be your way, but it's that you were able to guide and lead and also be part of the team because you can only lead a team if you're part of a team. Right. In my mind, you cannot be sitting on high looking down. And to be honest, it's not how Ed Long has been run in my no. experience. And that that would be how- no fun at all, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> no. the, it's the connection in the community that's fun. Yeah. And I think part of it is how we interact with other people in a, in a, in our everyday that leaves an imprint a lasting impression on the people i work with mm-hmm. but also when my nieces see me on the phone working with other people working and talking to other people in the group it legacy is just it's that feeling of being part of something that's huge henry i think when your nieces watch you you are being a role model that they can go i can do that i mean you're on future food tech panels. You, I mean, you are a rock star and a leader in your industry. And I think it's great for your nieces to see that because if they don't see it, they can't be it, as they say. So True. I will tell you, though, my sisters Googled me and saw me on a panel and spent about 15 minutes laughing, ah! going, you don't talk like that normally. <laughs> I think you're very natural on a panels. I think you're really, really good at speaking. And, and that's not easy. That is not easy. I know that my family keep me grounded. I'm oh, never going yeah. to be <laughs> Mine do that too. They, my boys tease me all the time. So that was really fun. Oh, yeah. Thank you. We'll see you later. Okay, bye bye. <laughs>